When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on vocnation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, vocnation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at vocnation. Listen, guys, I, I don't want to keep them waiting. I have a very special guest on the line, as you're all aware. Uh, just in time for Shark Week, one of the preeminent wrestling stars, uh, somebody that I've long been a fan of and I've always wanted to talk to. Uh, give me a shell yeah, because Shark Boy is on the line with us here tonight. How you doing, brother? Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> so That's great. So happy to have you here. Uh, so Thanks. it's uh, Good to be here. Kathy. It's Kathy Stroh from WCW, and uh, Derek as well is with us. And, Stroh's uh, here? Man, and Brady. Stroh's hey, here, yeah. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. How are you? <laughs> Great, man. Doing okay? Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. Oh, too long, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot you actually were in WCW for a little while, weren't you, Shark Boy? Did, did you yeah, I was there, I was there for Stroh? a cup of coffee. Uh, you know what? I, I actually ran into Stro uh, a little more on the indies, really. When you say Stro, okay. we we worked for Bobby Blaze and uh, a couple other uh, promotions at the same time, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sure did. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, you know, just kind of looking at the whole Shark Boy persona, it's certainly one of my favorites. I, I remember even reading from like the days in like Pro Wrestling Illustrated. The, uh, the Super 8 tournament and just like all throughout the indies before you were really on TV there. Uh, how did the Shark Boy thing come about for you? I mean, it really has been a moneymaker, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the whole thing started out when I first broke into wrestling. Uh, the idea was I was going to be a, a referee. And, um, you know, just because of my size, there weren't a whole lot of, of guys that were as small as I was that were that were in the business. Uh, and the ones that were were mass wrestlers, luchadors. So, um, when I broke in as a referee, it turned out I had a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a, a natural ability with wrestling. And I, and I went to, uh, Les Thatcher, the guy I broke in with. And, and I said to him, you know, Les, I really like to start wrestling on shows. And he said, well, you know, we need a referee. What are we going to do? And I said, what if I wear a mask? And that's kind of where the whole, uh, you know, mask thing came from. I, that way I could wrestle and referee on the show at the same time. And uh, I started out, uh, you know, as a uh, as a piranha, and evolved into Shark Boy uh, when I when I went to work uh, for a different promotion, uh, Ian Rotten's group down in Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I first wrestled mm-hmm. as Shark. 
Now you've uh, you've certainly been some interesting places. You know, you mentioned Heartland and uh, Ian Rotten. Uh, we've seen you on TV. Where was your favorite place to be? Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's a tough question, really. I, of course, I had a, a lot of fun uh, in my years in TNA, for sure. WCW, obviously. I mean, it, when I made it there, it, it felt like I'd made it to the big time. So, I, of course, I have some great stories from there. Uh, I've wrestled all over the world. We did a, a two-week promotional thing in uh, India that was a whole, whole lot of fun. Just getting to see that culture and that, you know, that the other side of the world like that was amazing. I spent a month in England at one point. Um, you know, it's, that's a tough question to answer. I think as a whole, I'm just very uh, grateful that I had a chance to travel and, and see so many things and do so many things in my career. No, very cool. Uh, now, has there been like a consummate, like shark boy moment, something that you'll look back on and think like, this was as good as it got? Uh, well, early on in my career, I would have to say it was one of the, uh, Pillman Memorial shows. Um, the second show we did was in 1999 and, uh, there was a cruiserweight tournament and I was fortunate enough to be the one to get my hand raised at the end of the tournament. And, uh, a bunch of guys ran out from the back. I wasn't expecting this at all. It was, uh, Mick Foley and road dog and Conan and, um, trying to think D'Lo Brown, a whole bunch of guys ran out there and lifted me up on their shoulders and, it was this moment that was photographed and, and published in all the wrestling magazines. And I'll tell you that, that as much as anything had, had, uh, uh, you know, a major role in me being signed with WCW because it was the same year that they signed me. So um, I always think of that moment right off the bat. Um, it was, it was a big moment for me personally too, because my father was in attendance and I'm told that it, you know, brought a tear to his eye. This is a guy I never saw cry in my life. So when wow. I heard that, um, yeah, when I heard that, then, you know, I thought, uh, well, that's a moment. That's going to be a tough one to top right there. But I've had a lot of fun moments, you know, in, in my career. I've been really lucky. Um, you know, just this uh, this past uh, week doing Slammiversary was a blast. I mean, uh, when I when I when I came out through the curtain, I couldn't believe the ovation that the, the fans gave me. It was so nice it was just to know that they that they remembered me and that they still cared. Um, you know, I would rank that right up there too with one of the one of the uh, most fun, uh, you know, the funnest moments of my career. Oh, sure. It must have been really cool to get to return to uh, TNA television like that. I mean, because you were, for a couple of years there, you were one of the more popular guys in the company. I remember your pairing with uh, Curry Man in particular. I, I just thought some of the stuff you guys were doing was so great. Yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, that was something we both kind of went into it. I think there's been a lot of situations in my career where I've been teamed up with somebody and we both look at it like, uh, what are we doing? You know, like I don't know if this is gonna work. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. I think that was one of those times. But I tell you, the way the the way the two characters uh, sort of gelled, the chemistry uh, that I had with uh, with Mr. Curry Man was uh, was is just you know uh, un- unexpected, and it was a whole lot of fun. Whenever we shot the vignettes, it was a lot of fun, and the matches were fun. So and, you know, and that's the thing you don't always get in wrestling now is the fun, the fun stuff. You know, right. Yo, you're right, right, you're right. And I could tell you were having fun. Like, I, I remember when you started doing, like, the, uh, for example, like, the Stone Cold stuff there, uh, where uh-huh. you kind of changed the direction of the Shark Boy, and we're doing Shell Yeah and drinking the clam juice, and, like, <laughs> you right. could tell you were having fun with it. Where, where did that come from? Is that just, like, just from being a really big fan of Stone Cold? <laughs> 
that's originally where it came from. Sure. Um, I, <laughs> okay. I, I mentioned the, uh, I mentioned the tour in India. Uh, well, it was only, there was only three of us that went over. It was like a promotional thing. Uh, I want to say it was for their, it was either sky or ESPN. One of the big sports channels was doing a, I should be able to remember it, but I don't was doing a big promotion with TNA. And so they mm-hmm. brought me and Simon diamond and Sanjay Dutt over to India for two weeks. And um, for Sanjay, it wasn't that big of a deal. He, he spoke the language, you know, and, and it's, he was from sure. there originally. His family was from there. But for me and mm-hmm. Simon, it was culture shock, big time. You know, we were, the, we were the only two. A lot of times we felt like we were the only two that could kind of hang out and talk to each other and completely understand what the other one was, was saying, you know. Um, and Sanjay, too. But like I said, he didn't feel as out of place because he, he, he spoke the language, you know. So sure. we, mm-hmm. we, got to t- we would talk and – uh, you know, we talked every day, and 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 Simon said, uh, "What's uh, you know, who were your favorites when you were a fan?" And I and we, we were kind of throwing th- names back and forth. He was he, he's Ric Flair, Ric Flair. I used to do a Ric Flair impression, and so we kind of would do, we did our Ric Flair impression. And then I said, "What about old Stone Cold?" And I started doing my Stone Cold impression. And he's, <laughs> "Oh my God!" He just he fell in love with it. That's amazing, Shark. That's so good. You know, everywhere we went, hey, uh, Shark Boy, what do you, what do you think? Uh, uh, Stone Cold would say about that waiter over there. Well, I think he changed a piece of trash, you know. And I would just launch into the character, <laughs> and and, uh, and he loved it. And we drove Sanjay absolutely crazy. Sanjay was ready to get off the tour. He was ready to come home, you know. And uh, but then uh, but then when we got back to the states, now we're backstage at TNA, and everybody we ran into, Simon's going. Shark Boy did the impression. What would Stone Cold say to Jeff Jarrett? I'm double dead. You're a piece of garbage. You know, can't stop the mud hole in you. And when I did it for Jeff, he said, you're doing that on TV. I love it. You're going to do it on TV. And so that's how, uh, that's how it happened, man. You know, they wrote it into the storyline, and uh, and there it was. Well, I, I, I believe I remember reading about Steve Austin having a reaction. What was Steve Austin's reaction, kind of seeing what you were doing there? Yeah, the first time I ever got any feedback uh, indirectly from Steve Austin about the about – the, uh, I consider it a tribute, hopefully, you know, or a, sat- a parody, if you will. But the first time mm-hmm. I ever got any feedback, uh, Kevin Nash came up to me at one of the shows, TNA. He said, hey, man, Steve digs your stuff. He thinks it's funny. He thinks it's entertaining. He likes it, you know? I was like, thank <laughs> God. Because, you know, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do was piss him off or make him feel like I was disrespecting him. That wasn't my goal right. at all. If anything, this was a tribute. It was just an impression I did because – you know, I, I studied tape on the guy. I thought he was fantastic. I loved the character and the attitude, and you know, I loved everything about it. So, um, so I was really glad. I even, you know, I even told people. I said, you know, if Steve gets pissed about this, I don't want to do it. You know, like, I, I don't want. That's not my goal. Is to disrespect him. So when I when I found out that he liked it, I was really relieved, and I was able to sort of um, embrace the character and just do it at a thousand percent. So you know, I kind of took off with it at that point. That's cool. Uh, now you spent, you know, like you said, the better part of your career there wearing a mask. Has there ever been a part of you that thought, like, I mean, you got a lot of personality, a lot of energy. Was there ever a part of you that thought maybe you'd like to kind of ditch the mask and be your own, uh, you know, actually be a star, your face be a star? Yeah, I, there's a lot. There's a lot that I like about wearing the mask. Um, I, I I can blend in after the show. It's really easy for me to just. I mean, if I want to. And I've done this before. I can go out and sit in the crowd and watch the rest of the show, and nobody has any clue, you know, it's, which is fantastic. Sure. To me, I love that. The anonymity yeah. of it is great. Um, there's been plenty of times we've all gone out to the, the bar or the restaurant <laughs> after the show, 
and nobody messes mm-hmm. with me because they don't know. They don't know it's me, you know. And that's great. I can, I can, I can count on, you know, probably on, on two hands the amount of times I've actually been spotted or recognized as Shark Boy because when you wear the hood, it just doesn't happen. But that being said, um, I also dabbled in I dabbled in a heel character at one point uh, and uh, mm-hmm. and had a lot of fun doing that without the mask. Um, but I think a lot of that had to, I don't I'm not so sure it was as much you know, not wearing the mask as it was, I got to be a heel, which was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know, because Shark Boy very rarely has been a heel. You know, it's just not a, it's, it's a baby face character. And so to get right. to play a heel was, was, a, was a heck of a lot of fun too. Sure. Uh, now, kind of bringing it back, you had mentioned like the Heartland Wrestling Association. And uh, what was it like to kind of learn under Les Thatcher and kind of study everything that he had to offer? I mean, I was incredibly lucky that he's the guy that I met and he's the guy I handed money to to train me because you hear so many horror stories about people who meet, you know, people with, with BS stories that, that you know, they, they, they haven't actually been anywhere or done anything. And more importantly, they don't know how to train you to be a wrestler. So I was just really mm-hmm. lucky to find a guy who actually had been there and done that and, and was uh, and, and was so knowledgeable in the business. I mean, um, you know, when I went on to train, I trained some wrestlers later on and, and I told them, you know, for me, it's like, it's like building a house. You got to have a really solid foundation. And I was so lucky to meet Les and, and have like a really solid foundation laid for me. And, and I was able to sort of build the house on that. And that's why, you know, I've been doing this 20 years now. So that's, that's why I was able to do it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, Shark Boy, I just have a question. It's Kathy. Yes, Kathy. Do you remember when we all did karaoke that night? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me about that. <laughs> of course, I remember. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a blast. I I remember singing uh, "Roadhouse Blues" by The Doors. That's one of my go tos. Yes, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the road and your hands up on the wheel. Oh God. <laughs> that was a blast. I'll never forget that. That was a lot of fun. See, and, awesome. and the sad part about it, guys, we couldn't get Dutch Mantel to go out with us. Uh, oh, yeah, that man. would have been great. I love talking to I love hanging out with Dutch. He's amazing. I mean, oh, he's, he's funny, right. and you, you know, he's so not. You can pick his brain and learn so much from him about wrestling, and and he's a funny guy. And uh, yeah, love spending time with Dutch. I wish I wish you would have come out with us. I know we never would have left that bar, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> How would you compare? Uh, because I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were there in TNA when Dixie Carter was running it versus like Jeff Jarrett and Dutch doing what they're doing now. Like, how would you compare those two kind of administrations like that? Um, you know, I spent a lot of time there with with Jeff and Dutch uh, too, and and a lot of time with Dixie. And, and but you know, the most of, for the most part when I was there, I think they were all three there. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. So, sure, there was plenty of, you know, of course, Dixie was in charge, but there's, you know, Jeff at, w- at one point was in charge of creative. A Dutch was handling the uh, women's division, the knockouts division. Um, so I spent a lot of time around all of them. Um, so, you know, it, it, it'd be kind of tough for me to to really contrast them, so, you know, compare or contrast them, because when I was there, it was all kind of the same uh, leadership. They were all involved in leadership there, so that's kind of okay. all I know, you know. No, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. Um, well, let me ask you this then, uh, because this is actually something that a fan submitted, 
And uh, I, I think it's an interesting question. Um, did you ever have the opportunity to uh, to wrestle for WWE? And, and if you didn't, like, what would be your response if they were to come call it tomorrow? Um, I would be like, you sure you got the right number? Uh, <laughs> if they had called me 10 years ago, maybe, I, you know, but I don't know yeah. about tomorrow. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure they're looking for a, a 42-year-old uh Five foot, five ten with the fin. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that's what they're looking for right now. But man, I, I don't know. They, stranger things, stranger things have happened. But yeah, um, you never no, know. I, 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 that's right. I, I did have a, uh, I did have a little tryout run with WWE. I think it was, oh, I had to guess. I'd say it was 2003. Uh, mm-hmm. Right about then, um, I had a little tryout run and just did some dark matches um, at some Raws and Smackdowns. I think I was probably at about eight shows and I probably work, you know, five times and just nothing on television other than I think one of the matches was on like international heat or velocity or something like that. It was on one of those shows. Um, but they didn't air, they didn't air anything in the United States. Um, I, I actually thought the trial run went pretty well. Um, and, uh, I went back to TNA and I said, you know, Hey, I'm trying out with WWE. Um, and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. they may offer me a deal. And I'd like to see what kind of deal you guys would, you know. And so that TNA offered me a contract. I said, here you go, you know. And I called WWE and I said, so what's my, uh, what are my chances? What's it look like, you know. And I think we're going to pass on you right now, kid. Maybe, you know, maybe on down the road, whatever. And I signed that TNA deal and took it back and said, okay, I'm with you guys. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how the business works. So, you know, it's you, you got you to, gotta, um, you, you know, use all your talents and, you, and you do the best you know, of the best of your ability and, and, and wherever the chips land, that's where they landed. So I was really pleased though, to, to be able to sign with, with anybody, you know, with, with TNA, especially it was a great run. It was like an eight year run. I was there. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they had plenty of chances to, to, to cut me from my contract during that time. And they didn't, they kept renewing it. So, um, but that was what I did to sort of get my foot in the door, uh, you know, to stay. Now, now you mentioned uh, kind of having like done a little bit of heel work there with the mask off. Is there ever a part of you that wanted to maybe get away from so much of the comedy stuff and maybe be a little more serious? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I can definitely uh, I definitely see the value in in serious wrestling. I think without serious matches and serious storylines and and you know uh, things where the championship is the most important thing. I without all that wrestling would be lacking a whole lot. You know, I, I definitely see the need for, for that. Um, I just, I never felt like uh, anybody was going to give me the chance to, to do that. And especially a shark boy, you know, um, sure. as that character, they would only, they would only consider me so much. It, he's going to have to put in the title match, but not to put the title on, you know, that was that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. yeah, it would have been, it would have been fun to do the more serious stuff. But in my, you know, Kathy can tell you, I've known her a long time, you know, my personality is, I mean, I have a sense of humor and I, I, you know, that's who I am. So of course that's going to make its way, that's going to make its way into the ring because if I think something's funny, if I think it's going to be entertaining and funny, I'll, I'll probably do it, you know? (laughs) So, right. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I wanted I wanted to specifically also ask you about uh, the the name and, and to a lesser extent the lawsuit. I don't really want you to like comment on legal stuff or whatever. But how difficult has it been to kind of maintain the name Shark Boy 
in like today's day and age with lawyers and and uh, obviously you had the rights to it, but I mean, how difficult was that? Well, I applied for the trademark and I, I received the trademark right around 2000, I think, might have been 2001. But the um, the movie you're referring to came out in 2005, and right. um, so I had already established the the name, the character. Um, I trademarked it in sports and entertainment, which is a it's, it's a class that you can trademark in. Um, so clearly, a movie is entertainment. So um, you know, I filed a, a trademark infringement lawsuit. Um, it went, lasted about two years. We settled out of court. I'm not really supposed to discuss any of the details um, beyond what I just told you. Um, sure. So, you know, when, when, but it's just one of those things where if I had not done that, I would have essentially forfeited the name. And I didn't want to do that. So um, I, I felt like I, you know, I did what I had to do legally, essentially. Um, and, you know, things played out the way they did. And, and I still have the name. Awesome. And you know what? It's worked. It's worked very well for you over the years. I have to say, you're, you've become kind of a cult favorite among people. I can remember uh, Mick Foley writing about you in one of his books, just talking about Shark Boy and how great he thought the entire thing was. And he certainly isn't the first one to say it. I mean, a lot of mainstream guys have uh, kind of stepped forward to talk about the greatness that is Shark Boy. That's got to be really humbling. It is. It's amazing. Especially you mentioned Mick. I mean, he, he was one of the first guys to really uh, go to bat for me and t- tell people how entertaining he thought it was and where are my T-shirts out places. Um, he actually had my T, you know, the uh, what was the movie? Uh, Beyond the Mat, right? Uh, right, yeah. The Royal Rumble. He's, he took 50 chair shots from The Rock. You remember that scene? And yeah. um, he, had his, he had his mankind button-up white shirt with his tie. And when he was backstage with stitches in his head talking to Vince McMahon, the shirt was unbuttoned, and there's my Shark Boy shirt on underneath. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. So he took all those chair shots wearing my shirt. And, you know, that's that's just a cool – I mean, you know, just where, the places he would wear it, he would, and he'd wear it without a shirt over top of it too. <laughs> he'd wear it at press conferences and things. And I'd see it every now and again. I'd think, man. Mick, I appreciate that. You know, I mean, he, he was one of the guys really early on, a huge star, huge, you know, all time star in this business, um, sort of endorsing me. And it was great. It was, it was, I, I can, I can never thank him enough for that. That's cool. That's really cool. Now I, um, with, with this being uh shark week coming up and everything, I, I know there's a, a natural tie in there. I feel like there's almost gotta be shark boy. Um, have you ever been approached outside of wrestling to do kind of stuff related to your persona, like entertainment-wise? Um, boy, if I thought hard enough, probably. Oh, well, I mean, one cool thing, um, I was contacted by the uh, the aquarium in Camden, New Jersey. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> they, yeah, they have a, uh, a yeah. show. You know the place I'm talking about. What's it called? Yeah. Does it have a... Does it have a is yeah. it the New Jersey Aquarium or I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, it's the Adventure yeah. Aqua- Adventure Aquarium. Yeah. Adventure I, I Aquarium. Work okay. The so, yes. Okay. Yeah. So they they contacted me and they said we're doing a uh, we're doing a display. I think it was called Shark Alley, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put a bunch of pop culture shark references up there. We're gonna have Jaws <laughs> and we're gonna have the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And they said we'd like Shark Boy to be a, a part of the uh, exhibit. And if you could get us two high quality photos of you and some a description, something we could put with it, um, we're going to be part of the display. 
And so awesome. I'm I'm forever immortalized. As long as I think it's still up. Somebody told me they just saw it. So I, you know, it, had, it was oh, up awesome. like a year ago. It's still up, I guess. So um, <laughs> fantastic. I, right? Isn't that cool? I mean, you know, I've been immortalized yeah. at the uh, aquarium in New Jersey, which I've never actually gotten to see with my own eyes. And I almost went last time I was up there, but uh, it plans <laughs> fell through. But I'm, I want to get an extra day up there so I can go go to actually go to the aquarium and and see it with my own eyes because. Um, that is you know, awesome. That's an amazing that's so honor, cool. really. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're you're like you're one of those guys, Shark. Where we're like, you know, you you have your following on the independent scene, and obviously you've made TV and stuff, but you've become like a name that almost transcends wrestling in a way because there is general knowledge recognition of Shark Boy in a lot of in a lot of arenas. It's a it's an amazing thing, and it's got to be cool. It is. I mean, I'm I'm a lucky guy. Every time, every time I start to get down about something, I think, man, I've had a, an amazing run and, and an amazing career, and I've been fortunate enough to, you know, I'm 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 married to an amazing woman now, and I have a, a a new little son, and and you know, I've got a, I've got I'm really happy. I've got a great life. I really do. So, awesome. No, I I. I... I had to ask you, a big part of what you're doing now uh, is uh, the wrestling school, I believe, and you've had a hand in training a number of the top talents that are kind of making their way through the indies now or whatever. Um, probably your most notable name, I guess, would be Sammy Callahan. You had a hand in helping training him. Did you realize there was something special about Sammy in particular? You know what? I'd love to tell this story. It's the exact opposite. When he showed up <laughs> at my school – uh, he was in a big hurry. Uh, he had all this energy and no, didn't know what to do with it. Um, well, he would have been one of the guys. He would have been one of the guys. I would have said, oh, "It'll be a miracle if this kid makes it." You know. Uh, <laughs> but he busted his butt. He got better while he was in my class, and not only that, he went out on the road. Um, I'm pretty sure on his own dime to begin with, and just started working for, you know, whoever he could and getting his name out there. And he got better, and he got in better shape, and he learned how to work. And you know, um, I can't, I can't put the guy over enough. He he has worked harder than um, probably anybody that I've ever trained. Um, you know, so I mean, you know, that's why he's had the success that he's had. But no, first impression, oh, I thought, man, this kid, he's got a long way to go. But he did it. Mm-hmm. He went, he went the distance. So you know, more power to him. I mean, he was really that's a big great. guy when he enrolled with you, wasn't he? Like he, yeah. he was pushing 400 pounds, wasn't he? I don't know if he was that big. He was, he was overweight though, for sure. And, but he had a ton of energy. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like he he blew up sky high right away. He had a ton of energy. It just, you know, I would actually slow, slow him down because he would, you know, he was hurting guys. You know what I mean? When you get in too big a hurry Mm -hmm. in there, especially with fellow trainees, um, you know, guys were getting, you know, take a ticket, guy would take a shot in the cheek or ow my arm or you know sammy sammy time out slow down man you know what i mean uh i probably jerked him out of the ring a couple of times get out of there before you kill somebody you know um and, and that was but that was when he first started out and he learned he learned from that mm-hmm. he improved a ton and it was hard work he, he really put the work in now um is, is that school still around I, I do, you know, I never have actually had a building or a ring of my own. I've always just rented space and done classes. Okay. Like I would do, I would do a six week, eight week. One time I think I did like a 15 week, uh, you know, course uh, that people could sign up for. I haven't done one in a while. 
kind of real life has sort of gotten in the way, uh, if you okay. will. Um, but, you know, I would like to do one again someday. I'm, I still feel like I, there's plenty I can pass on to the next generation. And, uh, you know, I just, I haven't done one in a while, but hopefully, hopefully someday I can do it. Maybe, maybe in, uh, 2018, that'll be something I set as a goal. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, and, and keep us keep us uh, you know appraised if anything does develop for sure. We'll be sure okay. to get it out there. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean just kind of because we are up against uh, the end of the live feed here at 11 o'clock. But um, just kind of looking back on your career, your legacy, everything you've achieved in wrestling, uh, is it safe to say that you're pretty happy with uh, with your career? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, everybody gets in the business uh, thinking, I want a main event WrestleMania and be the world champion and, you know, um, and not, but not how many people actually get to do that, you know. But, you know, how many people get in this business and stroke and tell you? How many people get in this business and don't ever get out of the gate? Don't, you know, don't ever, don't ever make it to the second level, whatever. Um, right. I'm, I consider myself so really lucky. Yeah, right? I mean, the majority, the vast majority of guys – um, you know, may not make it out of wrestling school, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm happy. I mean, I ha- I've been doing this, you know, like I said, I had my first match in May of 97. So we're talking 20 years plus now I've got a show this wow. Saturday. I mean, you know, so, I mean, I, I've, I've had it. Yeah. I've, I feel like I've accomplished quite a bit, especially for a, a small guy from Ohio that, you know, I, I'm not a second generation guy or anything like that. Nobody in my family's ever, you know, I'm the one that had to break in. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of uh, my career overall. Oh, very, very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, listen, before we let, before we let you go, would you be able to record a bumper for us to be play on the beginning of the show? What would you like me to say? Oh man. Let me real quick. Let, let me just say, because we're almost out of time here on the live feed. So if you're listening and it cuts you off, be sure to go to VOCNation.com. Check out the on-demand archive section. You'll be able to hear everything that you missed after we went off the air, just so that, you and, know. And, and check out SharkBoy.net. There's my plug. Yeah, SharkBoy.net. Or at, at SharkBoyNet is my uh, Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter, okay. at SharkBoyNet. Yeah. That, that, that Twitter awesome. has some bite. Uh, for sure. <laughs> sure uh, does, yeah. <laughs> uh, Just add Josh agree. Matthews. Uh, yeah, ain't <laughs> uh, Okay, okay, so for this bumper, Shark Boy, I was thinking, um, well, the name of the show's in the room. It's Brady, Kathy, and Stro. However you want to craft it, um, be original, be your awesome self, you know, and I think it'll be awesome. I really do. <laughs> okay. Right now? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Hey, this is Shark Boy, and you're listening to In the Room with Brady, Kathy, and Stroh. Give me a shell, yeah. Oh, shell, yeah. I love it. Hey, thank you so much for your time tonight, Shark Boy. You're all right. Hey, thanks for having Uh, me, guys. Let's do this again. Thank you so much. Everything Kathy said about you, a hundred times more. It was awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Hopefully that was all good, Kathy. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet, 
as well as Dr. John, as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9, listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an LA champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a Did loss. Did didn't have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or 
or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out, WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 